we have four teaching pillars. All right, first teaching pillar is the relationship. You have to know the relationship. The whole purpose of the father coming, uh, uh, sending his son to this planet, the whole purpose for him in creating the planet, the whole purpose for the Bible existing is for this relationship. Okay, without this relationship, there is no need for uh, 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 let there be light. All right. The second teaching pillar. So the first teaching pillar, the relationship, we must know the relationship. If we don't have the relationship, we are lost. This is the issue with Christianity today is that we went to church. Okay, we worship Jesus. We praised. We got in the choir, but we did all this without the relationship. I told you when we first got here. Uh, I was learning sonship, but we did a lot of good work. We went out and fed people. We clothed people. We prayed over people. But at the end of the day, we couldn't give them the relationship. Your life will only go as far as you go in the relationship. All right. The covenant of the Holy Spirit is for a child. It's for a child. The covenant of the, the covenant that we are in right now says he's the father. I'm the child. Amen. Isn't that a blessing that you ain't got to provide everything for yourself, that you don't have to meet your own needs, that your power comes from him, your strength comes from him, your joy comes from him. Jesus said the peace I give you, it ain't the peace that the world has. I have a peace that no matter what conflict you're in, you can get through it. You should have tranquility. But that only comes in a relationship. That only comes as I submit myself as a child. So the first teaching pillar is the relationship. The next one is the kingdom, because as children of God, we grow up in his kingdom. We grow up in his household. OK, we don't grow up in church. We grow up in the kingdom. We must know the rules, the regulation, how he does things. The Bible says as a child, he told us to seek first. This is a message from our heavenly father to us. Seek first my kingdom. Just like if you have children, you tell them, do what I tell you to do. Do what this household renders to you. Whatever this household tells you, however we raise you. That's what you do. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How he would do it. The Bible says he keeps us on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So if he's going to heal you, it's going to be for his name's sake. Okay, if he's going to bless you, it's for his name's sake. Okay, if there's a million dollars waiting for you, it's going to be for his name's sake. All right, everything that he gives you, it is for his name's sake. There are no blessings, nothing with your name on it that is not for his sake. Amen. Everything he does, he does it for his name's sake. He does it because he wants, he wants you to look good because you're his child. He doesn't just do it for you. He don't heal you just to be healing you. He heals you because he wants to use you. He heals you because he has a predestined purpose for you. Most people who can't get healing is because they don't want the predestined purpose. That comes with it. They just want the healing so they can go back <laughs> to Egypt or stay in Egypt. Then the third teaching pillar, which the one we are in now, is the church. Is the church. Okay. The fourth one is ministry. We'll get to that next after this one, but, but the teaching pillar we're in now is the church. 
Because we've been told that because we go to church or because we're saved that we are the church. And you even hear people say, I don't have to come to the building because we are the church. There's some truth to that, but it's some, some deception to that too. Okay? Um, Jesus said, I will build my church. So the church has to be built. It has to be conformed. All right, that's why the Bible says that we should conform to the image. Why? He's the head of the church. You can't be a part of the body if you don't act like the head. Come on now. Is there a separation from your head and your body? <laughs> Do you have a, a, a white man face and a black body? Come on, what, what, it's, it's, it, come on now. He said, I will build my church. And then he said, after he has built his church, he said, the gates of hell will not overpower it. So the church has to be built. The church has to be built. The church is those who are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. It is those who are called out of darkness. But after being called out of darkness, we are supposed to come into his light. Watch this and impact. If we go to church, but we still act like the world, then we're not impacting. They don't see a difference. Darkness, should, we should, we're supposed to be the light that darkness comes to. So they should be able to look at you as a son, as a daughter and say, OK, that's where I want to go to. That's where I want to get to. They should be able to ask you, ask, be able to ask questions and search your life. It should be a difference between us and the world, even us and religious folks. I was listening to an apostle this morning. And he said that every dispensation, uh, church leadership builds a different type of Christian. This dispensation, we're building children. As we go forward, you got to be a son or a daughter. You don't see it now, but I promise you, five, ten years from now, if you're not a son and you're not a daughter, when they hit that button and you can't even get the Bible no more. Because you threw away your physical copy or you never had one. <laughs> if they shut down the Internet and kill cell phones where you can't reach one, where we can't reach one, you better be full of the word. That's why the Bible says that we are. Jesus was the word made flesh. So that is the objective of the church is you are to become the word made flesh. So Jesus said, I will build my church. And he said the gates of hell will not overpower. So what he's saying is that when he has built you, watch this, when you have now have the mind of Christ, Satan can't war in your mind. Come on now. Satan can't war in a mind that's given over to Christ. He can't lie to you. You think he could lie to Jesus? Come on now. You think Jesus was depressed? The closest he got to depressed was probably two times. One, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he thought about it. Oh, what I got to go through. Can you can can we can we make some adjustments in this plan? And the other time was when he was on the cross and he was filled with sin and he cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? The only time he ever in his life had a moment without his father and he it made him yell out. Why have you forsaken me? He got to see for one moment, Marlette, how it felt to be an orphan. So when he said, I will build my church and hell will not overpower it. Once you are built, I promise you, hell will not overpower you. Say amen. amen. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, give him some praise. So our series for today 
our series that we're in right now is the church, soul battles, and deliverance. Alana, the series that we're in today is the church. There you go. I appreciate you so much. You got to move with me. Is the church, soul battles, and deliverance. Now, like I told you, the church is the called out ones. All right. Not just called out the world. Now, I'm going to give you a quick explanation, but I'm going to teach it further down the line. So there's three areas of being called out. All right. So the first area of being called out is you are called into the family. Born again. Amen. The next area of being called out is you are called into service, to serve. Then the next area of being called out is you are called into leadership. One of those seven mountains belong to you. Whether it's government, whether it's media, whether it's arts and entertainment, whether it's a position in the church, whether it's economics, whether it's education, or whether it's just family. So three areas. First, you're called into the family to grow up, to know your father. Secondly, after you know who your heavenly father is, now you're called into the kingdom, to, into ministry to serve. And that's where the test and the trials come. That's where you grow up at. That's where you get challenged and tested, and you see if you're ready for leadership. Then the next area, then the next one we have is soul battles. It's soul battles. Now, soul battles happen to us for one or two reasons. Either it's because we're being disobedient or we're ignorant of a thing. Most of our soul battles fall in that one, one of those two categories. We're either being disobedient, which means we know what the words say, but we just will not do it. Some of it is struggling. You know, we got to lose the flesh. But the other one is ignorance. You just didn't know. You just didn't know. <coughs> then the next one is deliverance. Deliverance is us being removed from a thing. Not a thing being removed from us. Y'all get me? Deliverance has to do with you bring, being brought to safety. The Bible said he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. He took us out the kingdom of darkness on a rescue mission. And he brought us into the kingdom of his son. Deliverance is about you being moved out of a place, not something being removed from you. Amen? Y'all with me? Now, the reason why you guys see me constantly talking about deliverance is because I have to, as the apostle, I have to set the stage for how we would do things around here. And a lot of things that have crept into churches over years, I can't let it happen here. All right. It's, it, 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 it can because these things can get real religious. It can get real religious. For example, I don't want you to think that if somebody prays for you and you throw up, that that is how demons come out. Now, that is one way. Am I right? That is one way that demons can come out. That is not the way. 
Now, the reason I'm telling you this because this can get real religious. How? Watch this. Pastor Kirby can come up here and pray for somebody. And he prayed for him and nothing happened. Okay? Ola came and prayed for him and they threw up. Now, no, I'm, I'm trying to help y'all. What will happen? Because remember, we're going through sonship in this thing. So everybody in church ain't a we us. They're not mature. They don't understand. So if you set the precedence of something, you have to make sure it is clear. So Ola comes up and prays for somebody and they throw up. Now, Ola has more power than Kirby. Is that true? Not at all. That's just one way. Kirby could have came and prayed for somebody and 300 demons left him. 300 spirits lifted off of him. Ola could have prayed and one came out. You don't know, so you can't create a doctrine. Okay, we can't create a doctrine with that because nowhere in the Bible did anyone ever throw up. Nowhere. No scripture in the Bible anyone ever threw up, especially in the New Testament. When Jesus was on the scene, you seen more demons being cast out of people because there was no salvation. Now, do demons come out? Yes, but it's just like healing. How many ways can a person be healed? Oh, my God. Okay, you can be healed just by me speaking the word. Some people got healed when Paul put, anointed a, a, a handkerchief and sent it to him. You see what I'm saying? Some people got healed when Peter shadowed. Jesus spit on his hand and put it on another person's lips. Ooh, don't do that to me. Let me stay. <laughs> One time he took clay and put it on someone's eyes. So if somebody come up here and, 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 and one thing happened, we can't make a doctrine out of that. So I have to set the president straight because I don't want y'all to think I'm battling because I'm not against deliverance or deliverance ministries. But it can get real religious. And then you will start to think that if you don't throw up, you still got demons. <laughs> and that's not true. So this series is about the church, soul battles, and deliverance. Y'all ready? Say, so do we have a choice? No. Okay. Our first scripture, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, and we're going to go to 25, and it reads, it says, since you have purified yourselves by obedience to the truth. Say, that's deliverance. That's deliverance right there. You can purify yourself by, being obe obe by obeying truth. You can find any area of your life and see what the word says, obey it, and it will cleanse you out. The demonic comes and rests on people because of disobedience. It's in here, I'm telling you, okay? And then again, you have to understand what the demonic is. The demonic is nothing but, if you look up demons, it'll say two things, messengers and ministers. The Bible says that the angels minister to those who are heirs of salvation. He called them wind and spirits and fire. So demon comes in a form, just thoughts. Just thoughts. Jesus told Peter, they're going to come and get me to Sanhedrin Council. And Peter said, I'm not going to let him. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. What was, where was Satan at in that conversation? 
He was in the conversation that Peter spoke in which he tried to stop Jesus from doing what he was called to do. That's all it was. He said Jesus recognized it. In a, it's a thought. How do demons get you in your mind? They fester in your mind. They become thought processes. And then you allow them to minister to you to the place where they take control of your uh, area of your soul. Now they can speak through you. That's what schizophrenia is. Schizophrenia means you got several people in there. It ain't several people. It's several different uh, uh, voices speaking to you. And you're responding. So he says, since you have purified yourselves by obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart, love one another constantly. Verse 23, because you have been born again, first area of being called, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Verse 24, all flesh is like grass and all is glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withered, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. Now, he's letting you know that you are born again through a seed. You have entered into the family because that you have entered into the family. You are now God's child. Then he lets you know that that seed is imperishable, which means you can't make a mistake and lose it. Amen. Which means once you are born again, it is unto eternal life. There's nothing you can do other than, other than denounce Jesus Christ, other than denounce the cross, other than denounce Christianity. That's the only way you can lose your salvation. But then after that, he let them know. He said, all flesh is like grass. Why is he telling us this? Because he's letting us know what we need to pay attention to. The Bible said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The Bible says that we owe, we owe nothing to our flesh. We owe nothing to our flesh, but we owe everything to the spirit. Why? Because he has given us the seed, which is his son. That's why he lets us know. He said that the Lord, the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is why this must be preached to you in a certain way, because because you now have the seed of Christ. You now need the mind of Christ. Now, typically in church, you didn't know you had the seed of Christ or, the, or you needed the mind of Christ. You thought the mind of Christ was the mind of Jesus. That's why everybody took a, 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 a ran directly for healing and deliverance. And casting out devils because they looked at Jesus and they said that we want to do what Jesus does. But they don't understand that Jesus was just a body. He was the body. We're not after his body. His body died. It was a sacrifice. It was the lamb. It died so that we can get who he was in the spirit. In the spirit, he was a solidified son. In the spirit, he knew his father. He wasn't just out there doing stuff. Matter of fact, if you look at the prayers, how he taught us to pray, he said, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us. So he's taught you through prayer, through teaching us how to pray, how he lived his life. He didn't wake up with an agenda. 
I am finna go out here and I'm gonna cast out 30 devils today. Let me go find somebody. Let me go find. That wasn't his agenda. His agenda was, I'm gonna wake up and say, Father, what is it that you want me to do today? If we run into a demon and somebody, that's what we do. Maybe we just need to minister today. Okay, maybe we just need to help today. But, but whatever it is, we need to wake up every morning and say, Father, what is it that you want me to do? This is where we get in trouble because we already got our schedule planned for the whole week, don't we? He ain't spoken, said nothing to you. You got to take the mind of Christ. You wake up every morning. Father, what is it that you want me to do today? What do you want me to read? What do you want me to study? Who do you want me to visit? Who do you not want me to talk to? You have to be. Oh, this is where we're going. This is where we're going to the place where once we do the 40 days of discipline, you're going to have to pray. Watch this. You're going to have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what should I eat today? And if the Holy Spirit say nothing, that's it. It should be that deep. Yes, this relationship is that real. Your kids wake up and tell you they're hungry. <laughs> And they tell you what they want to eat. So we have to get to that place where when we wake up in the morning, Father, your will. If it's his will, it's his will all the time. It's not sometimes. Amen. Amen. All right, let's continue. First Peter, chapter two, verse one. And we're going to go down to uh, uh, actually we're doing this whole chapter. All right, here we go. So because we are his children. Because we are his sons and we are, the, are his daughters. He said, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow into your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is good. So he said, rid yourself, get rid of this. He didn't say he was going to do it. He said, rid yourself of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. He said, like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word. Desire the pure milk of the word. So that you may grow into your salvation. What is salvation? Prosperity, deliverance, healing. You should have good relationships, okay? Salvation is the whole gambit of what the Father has for us. He says by the newborn, by the milk of the word, you're going to grow into that. That's why I told you, as we go into this thing and talk about becoming the church, when we were talking about being sons and daughters and we was in a relationship, <laughs> I was giving you milk. I was letting you know your father loves you. He loves you more than anything. That's an inseparable love for you. Okay? I, 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 was, I was teaching you, letting you know that you have. You've been adopted. You've been brought into the family. Yes, you have an inheritance. I was telling you the whole, I, I was giving you the milk. I was giving you the milk. Okay? The milk should be enough to make you want it. To, to know that I am predestined to do a thing and that he predestined me to adoption, that he predestined me to be a son, to be a daughter, to not be a slave. That is the milk of it. For me to tell you, yes, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Say amen. But the meat of it is 
<laughs> you only get those things with maturity. He loves you. He loves you so much, he would not give you something that you're not ready for. And that's not what we want to hear. We don't want to hear that. That's the tough part. That's the part where we throw up the deuces. That's the part where we do the Baptist finger. That's the part, that's the, that's the part where we clock out. It's the meat part, what we can't digest. Submit. That's hard. I got a lot of stuff for y'all, so let me keep going. He says, so that you may grow up into your salvation if you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone. Now, remember, stone is it is a, a symbolic for Christ. So you're coming to a living Christ who is the living word, which you were born again through. He says, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God. He said, you yourselves as living stones. Say, I'm a living stone. Okay. A spiritual house. Say, I'm a spiritual house. Are being built to be a holy priesthood. So you as a living stone, say me. As a living stone and as a spiritual house, Chad, are being built to be a holy priesthood. You're being built. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, a priesthood, he didn't say a holy priest. He said priesthood, which means that's all of us. That's, 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 the, that's, all, that's the body of priests. Where there is no order. There is no order in the priesthood. Jesus is the high priest, which means when it's time to pray, praise and worship, you ain't got to wait on no leader. You don't have to wait on the leadership to do that. We're all a holy priesthood. We're all supposed to be inviting the kingdom in. You're being built to worship. You're being built to praise. You're being built to walk as sons and daughters of God. Why? Because you're a spiritual house. You're a living stone. If he's a living stone and you're a living stone, then that means there needs to be a resemblance. And that's why we come to church. Verse 6 says, for it stands in scripture. See, I lay a stone in Zion. A chosen and honored cornerstone. Who's he talking about? Who? Who? Jesus. That's okay. Thank you for the answer. Some, some people didn't even try. He says, see, I lay a stone in Zion. He's talking about Jesus. A chosen and honored cornerstone. He's talking about Jesus. Okay. And, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Now he's talking about us. Verse 7 says, so honor... So honor will come to you who believe. Y'all hearing this? So honor will come to you who believe. Now, I want to ask y'all, what's the difference between faith and believing? I want to ask you. Kirby said I should, uh, I should start throwing pop quiz. Right at the beginning of the service, just throw a pop quiz. See what you know. So he says, so, I said multiple choice? No, I don't think so. He says, so honor will come to you who believe. Honor will come to those who believe. 
Believing is about living the lifestyle. Okay, as you, as you live the lifestyle, honor will come to you. Faith is you just knowing that the spirit realm created the natural realm. Is you understanding that God and his world created this world. That's faith. But to believe in that thing, which means you have to rely on the word. Where do I get my information from? Where do I get my understanding from? Where do I get my knowledge from? Where do I get my wisdom from? Where do I get my thought process from? I get that from the word. I don't get that from the world. I don't get that from television. I don't get that from the news. I don't get that. You get that. You get it. He says, so honor will come to you who believe, but for the unbelieving, the stone, the builder rejected, the one, this one has become the cornerstone and, the, and a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. Here we go. And it says, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone. Now, what is a cornerstone? After the foundation has been laid, it's the first brick that has been laid down so we can start building. Okay? So when the father was making a decision, it is time for me to build. He started with Jesus Christ and said that we have to mimic him in order for him to use us to build. All right? So it says that the stone that the builder re builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone and a stone to stumble over <laughs> and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word. They were destined for this. If you are going to disobey the word, you are destined to fail. In any area of your life, if you decide you are not going to do it our way, you're going to fail. And most people won't come to church is because they stumble over the stone. They trip over the rock. They don't want to hear. I had a, a relative that said they don't want to come to church because they don't want to be accountable for it. They don't want to hear it be preached to them and know it's going to be resonating in their mind. And now they got to listen because it's in your head now. The worst thing y'all could ever did spiritually would show up here. The worst, Courtney, I hate to tell you, you're in trouble. Because the word is pure. I'm not bringing you to me. I ain't accomplished enough in life for you to follow me. Jesus, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We're all latching on to the stone and becoming him. I haven't accomplished enough in this lifetime for you to follow me. There's no reason in the world for you to follow me other than I'm bringing you to the Father. That's it. I'm not qualified for you to follow me. I am nothing for you to follow me. I didn't die for you. Don't follow me. It's the stone, the living stone that you have to conform to. Why would he come to us and say he wants us, he predestined us to conform to the image of his son? Mahogany, he predetermined it. You ain't got to think. <laughs> you can lose your agenda. It don't even matter what you think. He predestined it. He said everybody he foreknew. He predetermined, Chad, that they're going to conform to the image of my son. This is a soul battle. 
This is the soul battle. But they stumble because they disobey the word. It ain't, no, it ain't nobody else. Stop. It don't have anything to do with people. Is it hypocrites in the church? Yes, it's hypocrites in the church. That's why we come to church. We're trying to lose our hypocrisy. <laughs> We're trying to grow out of the agenda of Adam into Christ. But it would never be because another person that you don't obey the Father. They're going to use that thing as if it was, it was them. It was the people at that church that made, no, you know what? I used to be a proponent of church hurt. So I became a leader. And I saw how much the people hurt the leader. Not understanding what his, their families are going through, trying to raise you. <laughs> I used to be a proponent of that. But now, no, no. It's a, it's a two-sided coin. If, 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 if we hurting y'all, y'all hurting us too. Okay? If we hurting y'all, y'all hurting us too. Because <laughs> sometimes y'all can be devious. Sometimes y'all can intentionally show us you ain't going to tell me nothing. Come on. Am I right? Come on. This is why the Father took, look, we're going to get into this down the road. But anytime you are in a situation, whether it is you are a child to your parent, whether it is a, a husband and wife relationship, the reason why, Chad, the father told you to love your wife, because if you don't love her, you're going to damage her soul. Come on. The reason why he said, Renee, submit to your husband, to show him he's worthy of, of being your husband. You didn't just take his name to be taking it. And the more you don't submit to him, you damage his soul because you're telling him you're not worthy for me to listen to. I'm going to keep disrespecting you. And what are you, you're damaging his soul. So what do you think when you come to church and you try to show the, you should, no, I'm, a, I'm too mature, you can't damage my soul. I know what it is. That's why as a leader, you have to understand the stages of sonship. Adult children don't try to damage their parents. So matter of fact, the more mature you get, you get grateful of how your parents raised you, okay? The more mature you get, you get upset that they didn't whoop you. Come on, you get mad. I'm, I, you get mad they didn't discipline you. I was counseling a young man one day, and he told me, he said when he got to the military, he said he looked at them youngins and how wild and loose they was. He said he called his father and said, Dad, I thank you for everything you instilled in me. I don't know where I was going with that. But it was good. That's the only thing that matters. When you preach, the only thing that matters, it was good. Amen. So the title of our teaching on today is Building a Spiritual House. All right. Building a Spiritual House. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, we can substitute the word house for family or household. So it could be building a spiritual household or building a spiritual house, a spiritual family. However you want to look at it, it's spiritual. <laughs> However you want to look at it, whether it's a house, a household, or a family, he's building a spiritual house. And in that spiritual house, you are a, a living stone. And until you get in a place, he can't build. Until you get in place, we can't build. 
We can't build with carnal stones, fleshly stones. We can't build with immature stones. We have to build with spiritual stones because we're building a spiritual house. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, after he told them that they were stones, after he told them that they were a spiritual house, that they were built to be a holy priesthood, next thing he tells them in verse 9, he says, but you are, say you are. You are. Now, those two words are the most important two words in the Bible. These are the most important two words in the Bible. Because you are reveals your identity. It gives you the expectation of what the father is expecting you to become. It is the father telling you who you are. You are. You are. And when you agree with you are, you say what? I am. You say I am. It's the I am equation. I'm going to do a whole series on that. But it's an I am equation. All you got to do is, 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 is conform. He already said who you are. He told you to imitate him. He already told you, you are. That's what the church is. The church is those who know who they are in him and have responded. Jesus said, you are light. If you are part of the church, you are light. He said, you are salt. You are a city set on a hill. You are ambassadors. You don't open your mouth unless the spirit tells you to do it. You ain't got an opinion. You don't have an opinion about what's going on until the father tells you to talk. That's hard, ain't it? It's hard. But that's what we're here for, to grow into it. But the Bible says you are. Say you are. You are. He said you are a chosen race or generation. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First level of calling, you've been called into the family. Being called into the family is to be called out of darkness. But now you have to go into his marvelous light. But he said in building a spiritual house, he made us aware of what we needed to be in order for him to build it. He said, you are a chosen generation. Chosen means you have been selected. You didn't choose me, he said. I chose you. And commanded that you bear fruit and that your fruit will what? Remain. Remain. You are chosen. You are elected. You have been selected to bear his name. We're the ones, Mahogany, he said, conform to him. We're the ones that he said, imitate me. He said, you are a chosen generation or race or people. What is he telling us here? You're my family. I chose you to be my family. I chose you to be my kindred, my tribe, my descendants. That's why he told Abraham. Uh, 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 that's why he said in Genesis, not Genesis, in uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, when he told Abraham that I will make your seed as numerous as the stars of the sky, the sands of the seashore, Paul got the revelation of it. Paul got the revelation of it. And Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said he didn't say seeds. 
He said seed, and our seed is Christ. If you're part of the Old Testament, your seed is Abraham. That's why when Jesus healed the woman that was bent over for 18 years, he said, is she not a daughter of Abraham? She wasn't a daughter of Abba. She was a daughter of Abraham. Us as God's children, we are his children. So the Bible lets us know you are my chosen generation. Divine generations. This is what we're after. We're after building a generation of sons and daughters. Not churchgoers. Not prayer warriors. Not healers. Not intercessors. Not deliverers. We, that's not what we're building. We do that. Am I right? We do that, but that's not who we are. He said you are a chosen generation. Then he says you are a royal priesthood. Mm. Royal means regal. It means kingly. It speaks to both rank and family lineage, a monarch. It means you're connected to sovereign power. He said it. You are royal. So what's his expectation? That you respond to that. <laughs> Watch this. right in your thought process. Do I think like a king? Do I think like royalty? This is what we come here for. Church 101. <laughs> Why do we come to church? So Christ can be formed in us. When Christ is formed in us, we're part of a cho chosen generation. We stand tall. When Christ is conformed in us, we understand we are a royal priesthood. Watch this. A priesthood is a body of priests consisting of all believers, the whole church. You have a holy priesthood, which is associated with offering spiritual sacrifice. Say prayer. Pray. Say worship. worship. Say praise. Pray. Say servitude. servitude. Hmm. So when we call prayer, the whole holy priesthood should show up. The whole Holy Priest, if you, if, now this is, this, is, this is the decision, you can make it on your own. I just get to preach it. You get to make the decision. If you are a part of the Holy Priesthood, you are found in prayer. Not personal prayer. Personal prayer is for priest, which means this, I am the priest of my house. When, before she gets up, when she gets up in the morning, she don't see her husband. Her husband's already been praying for hours. I am the priest of my home, but in the church, we're the priesthood, which means when it's time to pray, all of us should be here praying. But that's why Jesus said, I will build my church. It ain't built yet. It ain't built yet. Then, but a royal priesthood, this term is associated with royal dignity of you showing forth his excellencies. This is you being light and you being salt. This is your mannerisms, your character, your disposition, how you handle yourself. This is your love life. This is what the royal priesthood is because royal, when you're royalty, you don't think like a peasant. So you ain't got beef and contention in your heart always. Be why? Because you're connected to sovereign power. If he be for me, who? Who can be against me? 
Nobody. So all together, we are to be light. A city set on a hill. When people talk about divine generation, they should, it's your job, they should talk about how respectable you are, how well you work. Come on now. They should be talking about how you show up on time, you leave late, you're courteous. They should see the holiness in you. Then he said, you are a holy nation. Holy means this, that you are separated from sin and devoted to God. That you are separated from sin and you are devoted to your heavenly father. It means that evil can't inhabit you. Mm. Say amen. amen. It means evil can't influence you. Come on. Say amen. amen. It means that evil can't intimidate you. We looking for a devil. We ain't praying against him. We ain't praying against Satan. He's already a defeated foe. Father, fill this place with your glory. He runs. <laughs> if you're filled with his glory, if you're filled with the Father's glory, Satan can't have nothing on you. He can't be in you. That's why Jesus proclaimed in, in, in John 14 and 30, he said, he said I'm done talking to y'all for now. He said, I got to go. He said, because the rule of this world is coming and none of him is in me. So we are a holy nation. Nation means multitude of people of the same nature. Hear me. Multitude of people of the same nature. Multitude of people of the same nature. How do we build a nation? It starts with a person. Then it goes into a household. Then it goes into a neighborhood. Then it goes into a community. Then it goes into a county. Then a city. Then a state. Then a nation. So he said, you are a holy nation. So when he looks at his sons and daughters, he said, we should be a nation of folks where there is no evil in us. Virgil, this is why he told us, he said, how often should we forgive? Peter came to him and said, how often should we forgive? In a day. He said, seven times 70. I'm glad you said, because I sure can't count. Okay. 490 times in a day. I get to offend y'all, which means if I offended you on Sunday, Monday, it should be gone, which means if I offend you on Sunday, one time I still got 489 times. <laughs> you know, that's fun for me, right? <laughs> if I offend you, I... Unk. I got 489 more times in a day. And if you're up to the standard, you got to forgive me. If you're, if you're mature in Christ, you got to forgive me. I'm going to test you out. I need to see where your forgiveness level at. Ugly. <coughs> I need to see where your forgiveness level at. That's why I'm not with people still talking about something that happened six months ago. You still... still it happened five, happened five months ago. That happened two years ago. You still talking about stuff that happened when you was 13. When are you going to turn 14? 
You got to forgive. Imagine the numbers behind that. If I got 490 times in one day and you still talking about stuff six months, do the math. No, we don't want to do the math on that. Okay. That's a lot of forgiveness that you left on the table. But then we'll say we like Christ. We'll say we're spiritual. And y'all beautiful. So he said, you are a chosen race, a royal priest, a holy nation. He said, a people for his possession. Do you know that you are his inheritance? We are heirs of God, but he sent the propitiation for his sins so he could receive his inheritance, which is us. That's why he gave us a ministry of reconciliation, because in the ministry of reconciliation, the heathen is our inheritance. Jesus' job was to get the father his inheritance. Like that evangelist. That's the, that's the, evangelist, that's the evangelistic uh, 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 thought process. Get my father his inheritance. That's the ministry of reconciliation. Go find people and tell them you are predestined to conform to the image of the son. You are predestined to adoption. You are predestined to the kingdom. Your father adopted you. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. So I'm not, he didn't say I will not leave you in the orphanage. He said, I will not leave you orphans, which means once he pulls you out the orphan, he's going to do the work to get you there. So he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. Here we go. So that you may proclaim the praises or let's say it like this. So that you may reveal who he is and who he said we are, that you may show people it is our job. If the church, if, if, if the world is going to see the father the way they're supposed to see, it, it's going to come through us. They can't see him. The Bible says no man at any time has seen God and lived. So the only way they can see God is in you. The Bible says you are a living epistle known and read of all men. When men see us, we should not be a contradictory of the word. Am I teaching okay? So he says, so that you may proclaim the praise of the one who called you, who invited you, who took you out of darkness. That alone should make you want to show people. You are the testimony that your family need. Stop fighting them. Stop battling with them. Stop arguing with them. Just show up as light and be quiet. Wait till the Father to speak. Be an ambassador. The Bible says, let your conversation be seasoned with salt. Why would he say that? Because you are salt. That's why he says evil communication corrupts good character. You ain't got time to hear that. We don't have time for evil communication. Why? Because it corrupts good character, which means it dims my light. It stops my anointing. It hinders my call. He said, out of the one who called you out of darkness. Darkness is spiritual ignorance. 
That's what darkness is. It's ignorance. Of, darkness means you're ignorant of divine things. Light is truth. It means you understand and walk in divine things. So he called you out of darkness so you can walk as a child of God, as a God, as a son, as a daughter of the Most High. Amen? All right. Verse 10, it says, once you were not a people, but now, what's them two words? Come on, y'all. Come on. Can I get everybody? Y'all, y'all need glasses. Y'all, where y'all sitting out there looking? Y'all, <laughs> y'all out there? It's not up there? Can I get verse 10? My God. You got, I'm up here singing, they looking crazy, and, and y'all back there looking crazy. No, okay. Um, it says, once you, are, once you are not a people, it says, but now you are God's people. It said, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, this is important because we're going to get into the second area of calling. So and before we get into the second area of calling, he told you who you are, and then he told you what you have. So then when you go forth, you know what? What he expects. When he says you are something, he expects you to act that way. It's an expectation. He said, once you are not a people, you are not my descendants. You didn't have my DNA. Christ was not in you. But now you are my people. You have received my mercy. Verse 11 says, dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles and, and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against what? Soul battles. Why, why, why would he say that? Because you are God's people and you have received mercy. So if you are his people and you have received mercy, don't go back. Don't move backwards. He said, I urge you to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Verse 12. It says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Show forth the glory. Show forth his marvelous light. Conform to the image of his son, who is the firstborn of many brethren. Y'all ready? We're going to get into some meat. Y'all ready for some meat? You sure? Okay. I warned you. Verse 13. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord. Y'all with me? This is meat. This is the stuff that is hard for us to digest. Now, we can digest being led by the Spirit. That's easy to digest. Be led by the Spirit. I don't know if that's, is that easy? Is, is it easy to be, digest that? Well, I guess it's more freedom in the, in the conversation of being led by the Spirit than it is to tell you to submit. 
submit to every human authority, every human authority, in church, at your job, in your household, the government, submit. Now, submit don't mean do what they say. Submit means fall in line with the word and the order. It says submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor or supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and praise those who do what is good. That's the only reason for authority. OK, authority is, is, to, is, to, is to stop people from doing evil and to praise those that do good. It's to point out who's doing it right. That's what purpose of authority. Amen. Amen. Verse 15. Here we go. Y'all ready? For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. <laughs> Submit as free people, not using your freedom to cover up for evil, but as God's slaves or servants. Now, what is this talking about? When authority tell you to do something, don't come with what the spirit told me. Don't come with authority tell you to do something. But what the spirit said, the spirit said, what the spirit say? The spirit in line with the word. Who is what the spirit say? <laughs> it's in line with the word. It says submit. Okay. Submit to every human authority. But then in verse 16, it says submit as free people. You're not in bondage. You're doing this because the word told you to do it. You're not doing it for no other word, no other reason. Because the word said to do it. Here we go. Y'all ready? Honor everyone. Even the people who are racist. Donald Trump. Ku Klux Klan. Whatever. Honor everyone. He didn't say hang out with him. Okay, and he didn't say go to dinner with him. It just shouldn't be nothing coming out your mouth negative about him. Don't even. Oh, we, we, oh, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor, which means whoever's in charge. Because what happens is the Bible says all men deserve honor. But those who are in leadership, leadership positions get double honor. Why? Because they're feeding you. They're helping you. They're protecting you. They're doing the thing you can't do for yourself. Okay? We're almost done. Household slaves. Submit to your masters with all reverence, not only to the good and gentle, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also, y'all with me? Oh, y'all just don't want to say it. To the who? To the cruel. To the cruel. Don't just submit. Now, this ain't got this. This, this is really saying servants. 
Okay, slaves have messed, the word slave messed black people up, I know. I should have just put servant there, okay? He said submit to those, he said not just the good and gentle, but even if they cruel, you still submit. That's meat. It's hard to digest. And you're going to get put in situations <laughs> where it's going to be tested. And the, and the testing of that thing is what's going to take you to the next level. I sent y'all all that video. Y'all listen to the video I, t- I sent y'all? It's, it's, some places, it's some places that the Father want to take you that you got to be able to receive insults. You have to be able to be insulted because the purpose of you being there is a kingdom agenda. It ain't about your feelings. Why? Because you are an ambassador. Because you represent light. He can't send you everywhere. So what happens if he sends you somewhere and you don't like the way they're talking, then you blow a head gasket. <laughs> now what happens? You look just like them. You ain't no different from us. You got mad, you punch somebody. You got mad, you quit. <laughs> That's what the world do. So he made sure that, because I told you before we started this, everything that he does, he does for his name's sake. We're called to reveal what? His name. So verse 19 says this, for it brings favor. Oh boy. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Where we at? We in the house, we the blessed and highly favored people. We in this piece, we in this piece. Okay, he said, he said, for when you submit to people who are cruel, or whether they're cruel, gentle, or good, he said it brings favor because of a consciousness of God. Someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. This what makes him give you, this pleases him. When somebody offends you and they say all type of negative things about you and you don't say nothing. You just let it ride. Okay, you ain't trying to improve. You ain't trying to show people you ain't no punk. Because you can try to show people you ain't no punk and you can show father you ain't a son or a daughter. And you got to make a decision. What am I going to do? Do I want to stand tall and look tough before people or do I want the blessings that come from heaven of being a child of God? Oh, you're going to be put in the situations. You got to be tested in order for you to go to the next level. They slapped Jesus. They spit in his face. The very people he died for. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The Bible said had they know what they, what they were doing, they would have never killed them. They would have never did it. They didn't know. Verse 20 says, for what credit is there if when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. That's me. Oh, boy. Y'all face. If y'all could see y'all face. I'm, I need to bring a camera up here and take a picture of y'all face. I'm going to read it again. For what credit is there if you do wrong and are beaten and you endure that? Okay, if you get chastised for doing the wrong thing, (laughs) you deserve that. You earned that. 
But he said, from heaven, from my throne, as my children, I'm looking at you like this. But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this pleases me. This is what me say. This is what makes me say, I need to add favor to them. I need to add more blessings to them. That's why he said, blessed is the poor in spirit. Blessed is the meek. Blessed is the man that standeth not in the way of the sinner or sit in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of ungodly. Blessings come with, how, with, with, with your uh, uh, level of maturity. And if you look at the inheritance, which is power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings, blessings have nothing to do with money. Them the blessings we be waiting on. Come on now, am I right? Amen. I hope he blessed me. No, he is going to bless you, but this is how he's going to bless you. He's going to put you in a situation <laughs> that you got to be meek. All right, I'm going to keep moving. Verse 21, for you were called to this. <laughs> That's the second calling, service. You were called to service. That as an apostle, why everybody talk about me, trample me, throw me in my family name under the, that's a part of it. You are called to endure it. Like the video I sent you, what did he say in the video? He said, you talking about you have a global ministry and somebody tell you you're stupid and you're confounded. Somebody say one word to you and you're flustered. But then you say, God, give me a million dollars. You have no idea. <laughs> One thing he said in the video I like, he said, um, I'm about to close. One thing he said in the video that I like, he said uh, a guy came to him and said that he wanted quadruple anointing. <laughs> he said, I laughed at him and said, is that how you want to destroy yourself? <laughs> you don't want the anointing to do this. That's why I don't know why people fight for this position. Everybody, you are a target. Every part of your life, people get to attack it. I'm built for it. I'm built for it. I, I, talk about me. Advertisement. That's how I see it. <laughs> you got to be built for this thing. You got to, Jesus said, I will build my church. Which means once he's done, it don't matter what Satan do or Satan say, watch this. The Bible says you are a living stone. The Bible says that, that he's a rock. Now, the thing about stones and rocks, two things, two characteristics. One, you can't move them. <laughs> it takes a lot of people to move them. Second thing, it's impenetrable. When you become a rock, you're sealed. It don't matter what people say, they can't change you. They can't move you. This is what we're trying to build you into. That's why I say I can't stand sensitive men. Because the Bible says a foolish woman tears down her own house. A foolish woman equates to an emotional man. An emotional man would tear up a household. An emotional man would tear up a church. Spilling all their emotions and feelings on, on everybody. 
Now, I can't deal with it. Y'all pray for me. I was, you've been knowing me for a while, right? I can't, look, I, I was, look, the father brought me through Chicago, Illinois. The hood, the projects, the prejects, matter of fact. Okay, it ain't even the project, the prejects. The, they say seven of the worst 10 projects are on, in, in Chicago on one street. That's what he brought me through to hold this. We had time to be sensitive. You don't have time to be sensitive in Decatur, Illinois, in Kankakee. You don't have time to be sensitive. You got to be ready to run through a war. You got to be ready to fight. You got to be ready to war. So you have to get out of your feelings, and you have to get into the mind of Christ. This one should control your feelings right here. For, he, for you are called to this. Watch this. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. All right, here we go. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. So no matter what happened to him, he put it in the father's hand and said, you deal with that. That's the covenant of a child. Put it in your father's hand. Let your father deal with what they said about you. You stay on the mission. I told you when I went to Nigeria, Bishop Oyele told us, he said, build yourself for persecution. Build yourself for persecution. I tell you the same thing. Build yourself for persecution because that goal, that dream, the vision that he shows you, it comes with a lot of insults. Oh, my God. And, and, and nine, look, most of it is, is, is Satan whispering to you. It ain't even people a lot of times. It's just Satan talking, saying that they talking about you. Ain't nobody said nothing about you. Ain't nobody said nothing about you. You think everybody's talking about you because Satan feeding you that thing. Well, if everybody's talking about you, you should be happy. That's great advertisement. <laughs> so he says, verse 24 says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. So he did this so that we are able to live a life unto the Father. He did that so that we could walk through life and obey scripture. Watch this. By his wounds, you have been healed. Now, typically that's all you ever hear from the scripture. Do you see the context of that? Typically when we hear the scripture, all we hear is by his stripes we have been healed. That, what about all the rest of the stuff? Verse 24, no, verse 25, last scripture. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. Watch this. I'm gonna read that again. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned. Y'all with me? I'm about to make a statement. To the shepherd and overseer, y'all ready? 
of what? Of your souls. So watch this. If he is the guardian or if he's the shepherd and the overseer of your soul, why would we need deliverance? Come on. Come on. If he's the shepherd and the guardian of your souls, then why do we need deliverance? Because we don't let him be that. If he is the shepherd and guardian of your souls, why the soul battles? If he's the guardian of it. If he's the guardian, if he is the shepherd, if he is the one that is standing at the gates of your soul and saying, you can come in, you can't. If he's the shepherd of our souls, we don't need deliverance. If, we, if he's the shepherd of our souls, we don't, we don't need all these soul battles. We shouldn't have all these soul battles. If, we're, if, if he's the shepherd of our soul, Chad, then you know what that means? That everything that he is telling us is to, make, is to build us to become the church. If he is the shepherd and he is the, and the overseer of our soul, He's constantly backing up his word according to what he's trying to build, which is the church. If we are building a spiritual house, then the soul has to be built to be a stone, ready to be put in place. Amen? If we are building a spiritual house, each one of us has to be a stone that's ready to be put in place. Father, where you need, where you want to use me at? When you want to use me, Father, how you want to use me. If he's the guardian and shepherd of our souls, then brick by brick, we should be building something. The issue is, is we won't want him to be the guardian. The issue is, is the soul battles that we have is because we want to dismiss the word for how we feel. We have a soul sickness. What is the soul sickness? Sin. And because of the sin that is in our soul, it's hard, Charles, for us to stay in place and do what he says. If he's the guardian and the overseer of our, our souls, is he not telling us to pray? Come on. If he's the guardian overseer of our souls, is he not telling us the facts? Is he not telling us to do the things necessary um, to build the church? Watch this. If he's the guardian overseer of our souls, Ola, is he not telling us to come to church? If he's trying to build the church, he wouldn't tell us to miss it. I'm just trying to get you to where he said, and at the same time, make sure I'm doing my job.